be talking down here for the whole podcast. Yes, Daddy. (laughs) Works. There we go. (laughs) Hello, board game community. You're listening to Limited Playtime, the board game (laughs) podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. (laughs) Sounds like board game reviews with Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Sell your soul for cotton. Brass Birmingham. <laughs> I'll trade you my soul for cotton. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast, where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I'm Kyle Bolin. And I am Jason Cavallari. I, I said that, like, I have to convince myself of it or something. Uh, <laughs> like, I, allegedly, I, that's your yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> I'm coming out of, like, you know, the back end of a pretty bad cold, so I probably sound a little bit off today. Um, my brain may be a little bit off, although that's probably not too abnormal. Uh, so if all of a sudden <laughs> it sounds like I'm going through second puberty, um, that should not be the case. Uh, the doctors have assured me that should never happen again. It's just a cold. Uh, so we're going to do our best to not sound completely awful today. Today Yay. we are talking about Brass Birmingham, which is an economic strategy game. This is sort of a sequel to the original Brass, which I believe is from like the, the mid to late aughts. Um, a very sort of like revered game by Martin Wallace. This one is published by Roxley Games and has design credits to Gavin Brown, Matt Tolman, Martin Wallace. I don't know if he actually had anything to do with this version. Yeah, it's probably just because they built on the first one. Yeah, that's kind of my guess, but I don't know for sure. And art is by Lena Cosette, David Forrest, and Damien Mamoliti. That was, yeah, that that was the funnest name out of all the names. Mamoliti. Out of this name salad, (laughs) that one wins. It's the crouton. Okay, Uh, so Jason and I played Brass Birmingham one time, I believe. Yeah. I've played a couple times with uh, my wife as well, so although I don't think I've ever, I don't think that I can claim that I've played this game 100% correctly yet. Oh, really? I don't think so. Oh, like, um, I know we had some issues when we played it. We did, and I guess we can get to that later. But like, just uh, from like you know the top level description of this game, what we're looking at here is it's an economic game set in the years 1770 to 1870 in London or Britain, I guess. Uh, Birmingham, uh, England. Well, Birmingham England. is like an area on the board, right? I mean, because like, there's yeah, a bunch of true. different cities. So but London isn't on there. Maybe it's not. So it's it's part of England, I believe. Yeah, is what it's you're probably just at? like. Yeah. Birmingham environs. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different areas on this very beautiful board. Like, the board is actually double-sided, and, like, one side shows, like, nighttime art, and the other side shows daytime art, and both of them look really great, but I've never played, actually, on the daytime side, because I just <laughs> like the night side so much. Like the night one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, so you, you've, everybody's got a player board, a personal player board, and everybody's got, you know, access to the big, huge board in the center, and that big, huge board uh, depicts a lot of different areas of England, I believe, uh, and... It has a bunch of little like spots on it that I believe are cities or towns or whatever in in England, and each one of those has a certain number of symbols on them that all are basically they they equal to they're they're equal to like different types of industries, right? So like a cotton industry or the ceramics industry or mm-hmm. what else was there? Wine. Beer, right? Yeah. Um, 
coal, brass. Was it brass? Is brass the thing that you make? In here? Uh, yes. I believe I think, so. Yeah. There's a yeah. metal. There's a metal thing you need. Uh, there's a metal. <laughs> there's a coal. Those are two resources <laughs> in the game. So there's like basic resources in the game are money, um, beer, and then the two building resources are coal and then I guess brass. I, for yeah. some reason I'm like blanking Generic right now. Generic metal. <laughs> Uh, iron. It's iron, of course. Oh, why would go. it not be? Why would it not be iron? Why would it be yeah. brass? <laughs> Wait, yeah, like the game is called brass. Yeah, Birmingham. why? Well, isn't you know, it you don't really use brass to do lots of like heavy industrial engineering or anything like I that. Suppose. It was all about the iron back then. So why isn't this game called Iron? Iron Birmingham. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what you're doing is you are a, you know, you're an industrial magnate in this in this era here and you were trying to build up your industry uh better than the next guy essentially or anybody else at the table so like you know you're trying it's a victory point game you're trying to win with victory points at the end of the game and you do that by increasing income getting more money and then investing that money every round into new industries or you know like selling off certain things that you've got within your industry uh building new sources of resources so like you know building new coal mines or building new iron smelting yeah yeah refineries things. or whatever right i don't know if, i don't know if we're mining it or if we're like you know just like you know refining it whatever but i mean like, they kind of look like like gears and factories so probably like, a I refinery think, then right yeah probably something like that yeah um and and then you're also building up like a network that allows you to access all of those resources and use them and and sort of like network all of your different um your different industries together so that you can spread across the the land and sell all of your goods as as well as possible and get more and more victory points and hopefully by the end of the second era because this play uh, this game is played over two eras you have gotten ahead of your opponent and won and during the first era you are only allowed to use uh, rivers to transport coal so you're using boats to create your network and they call them links. Um, and then by the time you get to the second area, you don't use boats anymore. You use rail. So you're putting like, you know, little train icons all over the map. And uh, the, the price for those things changes from the first area to the second area. And if that's not something you're planning for, that can really kind of like hamstring you when you get to the beginning of the second area when you're like, oh, God, I can't do anything, um, which I think we both <laughs> kind of felt like that a little bit towards the beginning yeah. of the first era or the second era. Well, it's a little bit strange because like you can in some cases you need a connection to another city in order to use its resources. And in some cases you don't. Yeah. Um, with iron, you have to have, or sorry, with coal, coal you have to have coal. a direct resource to a source of coal to use coal. And the idea there is that back then it was such coal was needed in such huge quantities that it had to be transported by boat, right. Or by train in the second era that you couldn't just load enough coal onto a cart and like drag it by horse through the town to to get it to where you needed it because that wouldn't be enough coal for whatever the purpose was. And so coal requires a direct connection through the networks whereas iron could be transported by cart. So you could get iron from basically anywhere and that's one of the distinctions they make in this game um is that you have to have a direct network to a source of coal but not necessarily for iron but if you have a direct uh, connection to a source of iron that you want to use you can use that one because one of the things about this game is that if you build your resources correctly and put them in the right spots strategically placing them around the board you can basically sort of trap your opponents into having to use your resources which then yeah, which is another weird thing about this game is that like Usually when you do like a resource collection kind of mechanic, you collect your own resources and then you use them to build your sh Yeah. Sorry, your stuff. Ooh, yeah. Um, put a beep. In there. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, like, uh, you may be stuck having to use 
uh, an opponent's resources, and that actually benefits them. Yeah, um, greatly because it start it starts like basically uncovering their uh, their buildings and stuff. So right, they, they can flip them over and right. they're worth points. Yeah, yeah. One of the major mechanics in this game is flipping over an industry tile that you've put out onto the board, and that denotes that it has been sold. So, like, if you've got like cotton out there or a pottery place out there, if you can manage to sell it by uh, basically connecting it to a dock or whatever where you can make that sale and you've got the right resource, which is beer, to sell the thing, then it'll be worth points, right? Uh, just straight up victory points. And oftentimes, I believe it also increases your income. Um, and the thing with the the resource ones, like the iron and the coal, is that those don't flip um, through any sort of basic sale. They flip when you've exhausted the resource. So getting your opponent to use your resource is a very tricky thing you can do in this game to <laughs> it really irritate them first of all <laughs> and second of all benefit yourself um which is it's it's very unique i think to this game I, I haven't really played any other games that do exactly that with the way that resources work right yeah yeah um but anyway so you're, you're basically going through both of these eras using a card driven system so each card most of the cards uh match one of the locations on the game board so like you might have you know birmingham card and that means that you can build you know anything in birmingham that matches one of the spots there so maybe birmingham has like you know a coal mine and a a cotton spot and so if you have one of those i one of those tokens on your personal player board and you have the resources to put them there and you have the card you can play all of those things to put down one of your cotton mills there basically and then later on mm -hmm. for another action you can discard a card and you can sell the cotton mill if you have the resources and the connection to one of the places where you can make the sale to through the networks and everything. Right. Um, and so it becomes this um, very heady game of figuring out exactly what resources you have, what resources you'll have like on the next action or on the next turn, because you can only take two actions per turn to then like put all this stuff down and, and capitalize on it in subsequent turns. Um, and, and that to me was the real puzzle here was like really planning ahead like you know two or three turns ahead because if you didn't do that if you were just kind of like playing by the seat of your pants you'd find yourself kind of like at a loss for what to do with the stuff you already have yeah yeah um you really do have to plan ahead because i i i had this problem where like i especially in the second round i thought i was going to be able to make like a huge killing with the points and i had messed it up to the point where like if i had just like one more action it would have mm -hmm. worked. <laughs> so I must have, I miscounted or something, or I didn't anticipate it ending that soon or, or something, but it just ended up being like incredibly important. Yeah. And, and miscounting. <laughs> what we've, we've had this issue. We <laughs> yeah, had an this, issue. This was a big issue. <laughs> so, so every action you take in this game, there's, there's six actions you can take in this game. You can build one of your things. You can add a, a network tile, which is like, you know, either the, the boat or the rail you can develop, which is basically like taking one of the, the, the industry tokens on your player board and basically just discarding it because as you move through these levels of industry, you're moving up in level, um, they become increasingly valuable and that is a way to kind of accelerate your movement through those levels and also the level one industries aren't even able to be played in the second era. So if you still have those on your player board, you've just got to basically get rid of them somehow. So that's what developing is for. Selling, which is selling your, your like cotton uh, mills or your manufactured goods places, which we just call boxes, and your pottery places. Uh, taking a loan out, so if you've run out of money, you can take a loan and get 30 pounds, and then you reduce your overall income level, um, which isn't as punishing as it sounds. It's really not that bad. Um, and then scouting, which is when you discard three cards and you draw two wild cards that allow you to basically play almost anywhere. Um, but anytime you take any one of those six actions, even if 
the action doesn't actually have to do with a particular location on the board. You still have to discard a card when you do it. So every turn, you are going to be taking two actions, which means you're going to be discarding two cards, and then you're going to be drawing two cards. So at the end of your turn, you should always have eight cards in hand, because eight hand, eight cards is the num- number of cards you have in a hand. That was something that we apparently had some difficulty keeping track of in this game. Um, <laughs> they have this really neat sort of uh, method of keeping track of where you've spent your money or how much money you've spent, um, where you put the money tokens that you have spent on your your player icon piece um, on like the sort of player order track, which allows you to then like you know adjust the player order at the end of a round so that the person who spent the least goes first, which is a neat thing. I wish they had something like that, like a nice place to like put down the cards to remind us whether or not we've put the right. card down when taking an action because Jason and I found ourselves in situations where we didn't have the right number of cards in hand and we couldn't figure right. out mathematically where we'd gone wrong. I think because we'd made mistakes more than once and they had just kind of compounded each other in weird ways. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or like we couldn't even tell if maybe we had like misdealt the number of cards to start with or right. one of us like forgot to put a card down or put too many or yeah it no was, idea it ended up being a, a nightmare to figure out yeah i started trying to do the math and it was just like nope there's just too many mistakes here that we yeah, made. Yeah. Oh, we well. screwed this game up let's just do this we'll just toss two cards out that evens it out and then we'll just play to the end of the game and so right. that happened um when i played with my wife we during like one game for some reason we just completely forgot that you actually have to pay uh, coal and money to put link tiles down on the board, and we were just <laughs> so we were just like completely rich by the second era of the game, and we we're like, God, this game's easy. Why is everybody saying it's so hard? <laughs> it's right there on the board. I know it's because no, because nobody was taking the money. We were just we had people working for free. <laughs> <laughs> Those free rail railway workers. That's you yeah, know, yep. <laughs> so anyway, there's there's it's funny because this game has a lot of um. It's got it's very nicely designed and it has a lot of good um like visual elements to remind you of a lot of the rules. Yeah. It, 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 does. it has the rules on the board for what you'd pay when you put down a link, whether it's in the first or the second era. And for some reason we just completely missed that when we were playing that time, you know? Um I guess the only thing that it doesn't have a reminder for is, you know, like playing those cards when you take an action. So uh, I guess it kind of makes sense that that's something that we could have forgotten. But I guess if we were ever to play this again, Jason, we'd have to come up with our own little house rule of how we play those cards <laughs> in a way right, that yeah. is consistent and, and prevents us from ever forgetting to put a card away or draw yeah. two cards at the end of the turn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the biggest issue just in terms of like playing the game I think we had. So I remember the time we played, you said that because I ended up like going first for some reason or other and you you thought that going first like in the whole game was somehow a huge advantage I felt um, that way when I played um with Jocelyn and then it seemed it felt so it that didn't way get when any I, better what's that so it didn't get any better well I, you know I think by the second era um after that first turn we were pretty neck and neck like we were definitely leapfrogging during the second era. So at some oh, point, yeah. I, I managed to catch up. So it couldn't have been that crippling, you know? But it definitely felt like I was playing a game of catch-up through the first era, for sure. Yeah, I um, think you had to take out two... Lo- I took out a loan to start. Yeah. But I think you actually ended up having to take a second win later on. Yeah, yeah. You ended up getting a, a faster economy than I did in that first era. And, and that, I think, just made... I think it made it feel to you like you had more room to breathe while playing the game and and i felt very very rushed to catch up and was trying to like you know scrap my way back up to the point where i could play competitively with you so yeah you know i'd say that going first in this game felt at least the three times i've played it which isn't that much admittedly 
um, that that it felt like a, a big enough advantage that um, you know it, it made me as the second player feel like you know like pressured a bit and, and maybe yeah. a little anxious even about whether or not I was going to be able to catch up. Um, right, and in sure. the end, you, I think you still won the game. Um, like I think you won like one. I think it was like 105 to 99 or something like that. Yeah, I did. It wasn't a huge, you know. Yeah, a, I mean, it was still a disparity. close game, um, but you still managed to pull a win out. Um, but yeah, you know, like it, it felt a little bit like I was playing catch up. But, you know, I wouldn't say that going second is the reason why I lost the game um, because I we were leapfrogging quite a bit in that, in that second yeah, era. So it felt we like things had evened out. And at some point there, you just made a better decision than I did or something and, and, mm. and managed to eke out the win. But yeah, yeah, that was just one minor thing. I, I You know, overall, I think that the game still felt um rewarding most of the time when i would like you know manage to pull off one of my sort of three turn plans where i would like you know build yeah. you know like the right links and then build the right industry tiles and then manage to link that to the beer that i need to sell the industry <laughs> tiles and sell that and now all of a sudden i get to go up like you know three or four spots on the income track and i get to get like you know five or seven uh victory points and all of a sudden yeah you go from feeling like like you've got nothing to feeling like you're like you know back in the game you know and there were a lot yeah. of moments like that in this game where i was like oh no jason's really pulled ahead there and then like you know i had a really good two rounds that just like pulled me right back into the lead again you know or or you know by the end of that game i had like a massive economy like i had so much money and i remember thinking oh you know what if the money's worth something in the end then i might actually win the game and i thought that that was one of the things you count at the end of the game but that's only if you play the beginner scenario which you Uh. only play the first era of so they have like three extra things that you count for points towards the end um so you still won that game but like definitely it was one of those things where like i felt really cool just having this massive economy towards the end of that game and just be like i got so much money i can do whatever i want except that you never really can because you're still restricted by like where you can put things on the board and which cards you have in hand restrict you on where you can put the things that you've got so i had a ton of money but at some point there's diminishing returns on what you can do with that money yeah no that's true yeah. So, how do you what, like this game, Jason? How do I like this game? Well, yeah. I actually, I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I would like to play it like correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I, me too. Still, <laughs> I um, I mean, I, I know that we messed it up when we played it, but I still don't think it was like that bad of no. a mess up to sort of miss the entire point of the game. But no, I agree that that kind of mistake is just a oh crap, we screwed up. Maybe that'll yeah. impact. Maybe that just like impacts like how long the game lasts, or maybe like you know the ultimate outcome of the game a little bit. But ultimately, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal, and it, and it definitely doesn't affect how well you enjoy the game. We still played the mechanics the way that you play the mechanics, so. Like just yeah. getting a feel for how the game feels, we did that. Yeah, and I and I think it's pretty good. I mean, I, I like the sort of breadth of things that you can do, but I also like that, um, as you were just saying, that it, you know it can be sort of constricted in numerous ways. So it, it adds a an element of strategy for your opponents um, to you know try and work against you, even mm-hmm. not um, and if they're not doing it consciously. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a lot of parameters within which you have to work uh, in order to make your your plans uh, work for you. Um, I also like, actually, unlike a lot of other like Euro type economic games, I think the theme of this one is actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'll I'll tell you, like, I'm I'm not a huge fan of like the Industrial Revolution in terms of like historical topics, like. Whenever I teach it, I always tell my students there are only two topics in all of Western history that I really don't like talking about, and one of them is the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, like I really don't give a crap like who invented the spinning jenny and where <laughs> I don't even know what it does. <laughs> uh, but what I like about this game, which is basically about the industrial revolution, is that um, it kind of not only does it sort of give you the sense of the uh, economics being sort of the lifeblood of this this developing country. Um, but also the the sense of expansiveness and um, and movement and commerce and and that like it really sort of gives you more of a I think a cultural viewpoint than just what most of us know about the industrial revolution. Yeah, even if it's just sort of in an abstract way. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that's like concrete too, like the way that you use beer to sell goods. Like like that is a representation of how beer was utilized at the time um, as a currency. Because water, like clean water, was so scarce that people would actually drink beer rather than water at the time just to get, like, you know, hydration or whatever. Um, So there's definitely some some historical thematic elements here that I think are neat. And, yeah, you definitely get that feeling of just how, like, just just oppressively important the industrial, like, revolution was at the time and everything. Um, Just just looking at the board, especially once you get all your tiles out on the board, it it just, the board looks like this crazy machine that, you know, is going to, chew you up and spit you out you know and and for the you know for the at at the service of the great coal bearing at the top of the you know the pecking order and everything which is you actually in right, this game yeah. you get to be the coal baron <laughs> Work I mean, harder, if you're, you're going to live during the industrial revolution you might as well be at the top of yeah, the economic yeah. chain so, yeah so if you've ever wanted to role play a coal baron or a iron baron or a uh, cotton baron or you know you've always wanted to be a, a ceramics magnate then this is the game for you um and yeah, I, I very much enjoy this game too. That it's one of those games that when I want to think real hard and try to really <laughs> think out real hard to outthink my opponent, this is a good go-to game for that. If you want to have a nice relaxing Friday night where you just want to roll some dice and kill some something, or you just want to have a more relaxing game in, in general, right? Then this isn't the game to play. This is definitely a little bit on the heavier end of things in terms of the cognitive power that it takes to really like keep your game together and make sure that it's moving forward. Uh, and so that's, that's sort of a caveat with this game, I think, is that it is definitely one of the heavier, heavier Euros that I've played in a while. Um, like this felt a good step above something like Concordia to me. Yeah. But even so, I don't think it was like, uh, it it wasn't in like intimidatingly difficult. Not rule wise. No, but in terms of like, you know, how do I really min max my turns and, and like the the length of time you've got to think ahead, right. To really do that. That's, I think where the, 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 I don't want to say difficulty, but the challenge comes from, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And I, I think it's the kind of game, like if you really, if you really want to put that much thought into it and, and like, that's really rewarding for you. Like, I think that's a, this is a good game to play, but I also think like, if you don't like thinking that hard, I still think it's fun. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that if you're going to play that, then uh, you and your friends should sit down and both agree to have like two beers in you before you start. And then every time you <laughs> yeah. sell something with beer, drink a beer. I think that would be a, a fun uh, house rule for this game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, so uh, we we approve of this one, uh, just like we do most games, because most games are fun. <laughs> I've been seeing a At lot least of once. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I've been. Yeah, it's true. We we have limited play time with these games. I've seen a lot of like you know people complaining about how certain game reviewers are just too positive all the time, and like, oh no, they liked another game, you know, big deal. Um, and I kind of feel like that's just. That's just kind of natural because we're talking about things that are designed to be fun. So if people right, are yeah. having fun with them, that makes sense to me. So 
Um, anyway, I, I've, I've been having a lot of internal arguments with myself about whether or not we're too positive about games in general, or whether or not that's just a, you know, like a factor of what we're doing, uh, along with a lot of other arguments I have with myself often. So, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of good games out these days. It's true. Um, yeah. And to be fair, I mean, we have played some where on this podcast, we've said like, yeah, we didn't really like this. <laughs> exactly. I just feel like our, our like to not like ratio is very heavily on the like side. Um, but anyway, yeah, well. Anyway, uh, we've definitely at least had some caveats out there for a lot of games. So, all right, uh, Jason, if people want to get a hold of us and they want to tell us their amazing party game plans for how to turn Brass Birmingham into a drinking game with their favorite group of friends, how would they do so? All right, well, to encourage public drunkenness, mm-hmm. uh, you can send us a message uh, over email. It's limited playtime uh, podcast. No, it's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> um, t- uh, you can tweet us at Limited Playtime. You can go to the Instagram, Limited Playtime Podcast, or you can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. Yes. Next week, we are going to be talking about Mythic Battles colon Pantheon. The colon is silent. That is a heavy, heavy, oh, heavy in terms of physical weight miniature yes. skirmish yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was on Kickstarter a couple times already. Uh, we. I, we had a little like discussion about whether or not we should be doing Kickstarter only games on here, and I, I, we've got a good reason to talk about this one, so we will. So next week, look forward to <laughs> Mythic Battles: Colon Pantheon. Yay! All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in one week. Later. Bye. Bye.